Oh, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to the Invo Insider Podcast, episode three. Hard to believe it's been three episodes already. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Heffernan. Thanks to all who are listening from wherever you are listening from. I'm joined, of course, by my co-host and Amazon Go enthusiast, Jake Martin. So how are you, how are you doing, Jake? I uh, didn't realize I was going to be repping that brand today, but uh, it is what it is, and it's always good to be here. Yeah, I saw, I, uh, saw your post on LinkedIn about Amazon Go. got a little bit jealous. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Amazon Go. Also, shout out to Jake Martin's LinkedIn account. Just A-plus content there you, if you want to. You speak as if it's, it's, it's got its own personality and existence. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Which it might. I mean, I may or may not be running that account. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, we're both excited to be here. Obviously, uh, what a, what an awesome time to be able to start another, or be back on the podcast. We're also excited that Formula One is back. Let's go. Obviously, wearing my Red Bull hat. Yep. Because uh, Max got his first of many wins this season. Oh. Uh, you've already made it through a lot of the Netflix Drive to Survive series. Which, by the way, yep. if you're if you're listening and you've heard a lot of people talking about Formula One. When previously you had never in your life heard anyone talk about Formula <laughs> One, it is because of that Netflix series. Yep, for sure. Uh, I try to avoid binge-watching shows that I really look forward to. Uh, like to I, I kind of miss the week separation of each episode. Um, but with that being said, I'll still be done by like ne- probably this week. I'm really you're disappointed. Done, I'm disappointed you're not already done. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I want to I want to keep it fresh. I want to be able to watch for a few weeks nope. before being done. Nope. I wait a whole year for this and then I'm done listening by or but done watching by the first week that it comes out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, no, it was a great race, though. Fernando back on the podium. Pretty amazing. Great to see. Um, no, but we have an awesome podcast for you uh, this month. We have Derek Rudolph of Great River Federal Credit Union joining us today. He yep. is the uh, chief technology officer at a Great River, which is based in Minnesota. Uh, but before yep. we get into that, I want to jump right into our Invo Monthly segment, which I introduced last month. It really is just kind of an opportunity for us to talk about what's been going on at Invo. I guess mm. I should maybe say what hasn't been going on at Invo. I've been doing quite a <laughs> bit of traveling lately. Uh, James Dennis and Brent Norell, names you might recognize, they were they went to uh, California not too long ago. Yeah. And then James and yourself uh, went to Washington, D.C. last week for a conference that I've heard is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, the Credit Union National Association uh, governmental affairs conference, which yeah. uh, took place last week, as I said, in the nation's cap in our nation's capital, might just be the biggest credit union conference in the United States each year. Is that about right? It might also be the longest name, which is why yeah. they have shortened it to CUNA GAC. Yeah. I think that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Well, the yeah. style in me says I have to say the whole thing before I abbreviate. So yeah, I don't we'll, know if that applies to. Pi we'll let it go. Somewhere. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, the uh, the event was great, and uh, our strategy is not to keep James out of the office as much as possible, <laughs> at least not as far as he's concerned. But, um, yeah, so James and I were fortunate enough to be in Washington, D.C. last week with good weather, which you never know um, how that's going to go when you're there in, in uh, the month of March. But it was a great <laughs> event. Uh, the GAC is the largest credit union or gathering of credit unions in the United States annually. Um, there for advocacy, um, yeah. hence the Government Affairs Conference title. Mm. Um, this was a new record, which, number one, it was back to pre-2020 attendance, which was a great thing to see, but they also set a new single re- uh, year or single event attendance record of 5,700 yeah. people. That's which awesome. Is so good to see, uh, and, and it was wonderful with great content. Um, they had great speakers. I got a chance to hear Condoleezza Rice live in an interview type setting which was fantastic carl rove was also there with a number of other speakers who were coming in to just kind of share perspectives on things not even just within the financial space but just what's going on within our nation and 
how those things can affect us within the financial uh, space. And, and it was a really great show, a great show for, for Envo, and yeah. I think a really good show for uh, the credit unions that were in attendance um, overall as well. Yeah. No, I saw some amazing booths as well. I wasn't prepared <laughs> for that. I saw I saw one. I'm not going to name brands here, but I saw one that looked like SoFi Stadium. That was the oh, first thing man. that came to mind. Yeah. Gigantic booth. The one I didn't share with you because I didn't want you to get too upset was they actually had two F1 cockpits in their booth, and you could drive. Oh, oh my gosh. And it was side-by-side racing. Now, we hooked up to an Xbox, and they were doing some racing. But uh, they didn't – they weren't playing – they weren't driving Formula One cars. They were driving, like, some off-road something or other, uh, uh, which actually, to be honest, looks really fun. Yeah. But I did see an opportunity for us in the future. If you want to reach out to your friends in Formula One, maybe we can get a sponsorship. Uh, in the booth i I see co-branding opportunity there yeah you were right not to tell me because i admit that makes me really sad yeah i should have dropped it now though because this podcast is going to derail because your mind is gone (laughs) yeah so okay we'll we'll stay we'll stay on stay stay with me stay with me ryan stay with me you you got me thinking about stay with me one simulator so we're gonna stay we're gonna stay on it but uh just just maybe to dive in a little bit deeper (laughs) uh why do you think that these events are important not just maybe for financial institutions but for vendors like ourselves why do you think that these events are, are uh, so important. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And anytime we commit as a company to go to anything like this, there's a lot of analysis that my brain goes through, which is, you know, is the financial commitment worthwhile? Like, what's the ROI on this? We're pulling people out of the office and into the field. Yeah. Um, but here's what I would say. You know, it's an opportunity for us at this point in the maturity of our company to get face-to-face time with dozens of our clients in one setting. So over yeah. the course of three days, you know, being able to see over 30 clients uh, is an awesome opportunity. And in addition to that, making, you know, over 50 new potential new contacts. So bringing back a really good um, opportunity of contacts, people that we hadn't met before. So, you know, yeah. new introductions are really great for events like that. But even outside of that, there's a lot of other companies that are represented events like this that we have relationships with strategically some of them being our referral partners so shout out to our referral partners that were there with us um, in dc and uh, those are also who introduce introduce us to other credit unions and, and banks for that matter but then also other partners such as digital banking providers core banking providers um, had a chance to meet with several design build construction groups which um, we've been efforting to have some relationships with since they're working with a lot of clients that we have, so mutual clients, yeah. whether that's designing new branches, remodeling facilities. Those are great relationships with us from a physical standpoint of our Invo in-branch video banking uh, mm-hmm. strategies and in addition to the digital strategies. So you know, you walk away from three days of seeing clients that you are grateful to even maybe meet in person for the first time, uh, make new contacts for future business relationships. Um, and then also those strategic relationships, which are things that are important to me. Um, I mean, the week overall was a great win and and that's how I analyze any of these events that we attend. But, uh, overall GAC was, was a fantastic success this year. No, I, I think one of my favorite things about our own conference, the Invo summit, um, one of the things that was my favorite thing about that was getting to see and maybe put the, a face to the name of all these people that we've maybe never met in person before, but sure. we've interacted with, we, yep. we talk about, we talk with, we speak with, even on video calls. We all know on video calls, usually the camera's off. Um, so it's, it's great to actually get to see that face to, or get to make that face to face contact. So 
that's awesome. Still a little bit jealous about the whole Formula One simulator thing. Uh, but, I'll know. save a hug for you yeah. afterwards. You'll yeah, be okay. That'll make me feel better. It'll be but, okay. Uh, no, with that said, uh, we do have an awesome interview in store for you uh, today. Like I said, um, Derek Rudolph of Great River Federal Credit Union. He's the te- chief technology officer. Um, and they, they have nine branches across Minnesota, North Dakota, and Michigan. Uh, so Jake actually had a chance to sit down with him. And without further ado, we're going to send it over to Jake and Derek. All right. Well, welcome. And today on the show, we are excited to have Derek Rudolph, Chief Technology Officer of Great River Federal Credit Union, joining us. Derek is bringing knowledge, expertise, and experience to the table today, uh, operating in his current capacity at the credit union uh, for over 17 years. Actually, maybe not the current role, but he's been there for over 17 years, but we'll let him tell that side of the story. Uh, One of the things I think everyone's going to enjoy about Derek today is listening in about the different tools, different pieces of technology that he has deployed over his career at Great River. Um, And not only was he one of the first to deploy Invo Video Banking in Branch, but he's also a world record holder at the game of Twister, which I did not know. That may or may not be true. I don't know. We'll hear from Derek himself. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Derek. Thanks for having me, Jake. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Uh, We appreciate you. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just, uh, yeah, I don't know about where this Twister thing came from, so I guess we'll see where that goes and where that takes us. Uh, um, we may, Maybe we just have to have a demonstration right here to see if it's true. <laughs> uh, I feel like I don't want to challenge your uh, superiority at the game of Twister. I, I'm probably a distant second. Uh, well, I am excited, and I know the insiders are excited to learn more about you today, learn more about what you've been doing um, in your capacity at Great River. So why don't you start off by telling everyone here a little bit more about yourself, sharing your journey at the credit union, um, and get in as far in the detail as you would like so that everyone here knows a little bit more about you. Sounds good. Um, so uh, Derek Rudolph, Chief Te- Technology Officer. I've worked at Great River 17 years um, the last four of which I've been in um, an executive role in as the chief technology officer. Um, many years before that, uh, I've just been kind of working through the ranks um, in the realm of technology. I've always worked in the IT department at the credit union. And um, for most of my career, the technology landscape uh, working at a credit union is much different than it has been recently. There's just been a lot of challenges in credit unions to Um, keep up with technology. And I spent many of my years just trying to make things work. Um, I think back when I started, um, technology was almost treated like office supplies. So you had to have them. You didn't really want to spend a lot of money on them, but they were there and somebody had to manage them and make sure everything was working. And so a lot of my career was was spent doing that. And it made me question, well, is credit union, credit unioning, as a lot of people like to say, um, is that the space for me as someone who likes to um, be in technology? And the thing is, I always love the people. The people in credit unions have always been the driving factor for me sticking with it. And I always saw a future, but I didn't know where that future was going to take me. I just knew that um, credit unions were an awesome place to be. I loved working with the people there. I love the collaborative nature between different credit unions. And so 
I just kept uh, powering through that and hoping that one day that um, credit unions would see the light of technology and what it can offer <laughs> for them um, and their members. And so, um, you know, fast forward, so most of my career was spent doing that. Um, I think we finally started to get that little glimpse of, or at least I did, that little glimpse of, hey, technology is actually really cool and we need to start adopting different things. Um, sometime yeah. around the year, like 20, 2016. And we started going full speed ahead and revamping our mobile banking, um, kind of starting to look at different things to do in the branch to make um, the team more efficient. Um, and we've, we've, done, we've done a lot since then, um, a lot since 2016 to kind of change how we um, see technology and use it um, to kind of better, um, not only our members' relationship with us, but just better the team in general. And so I think, um, you know, last few years uh, have been so exciting working in credit unions and I'm really looking forward to kind of what the future brings because um, it just keeps ramping up every year, every year. It's, there's just more um, opportunities to um, kind of adopt newer technologies and maybe sometimes um, it's a little bit challenging to get everyone on the board with something that's new and shiny, but- um, sure. You know, it's still fun. It's still really fun. And I think that's the other aspect of credit unions that um, I really enjoy is at least with me and my team is we have a ton of fun doing what we do. That's awesome. Yeah. And that passion's contagious. And, and I've known that about you since you and I have began to talk more and more and work together over the last several years. And we'll get into all of that. But that passion, I think, helps to drive a lot of that even just from a, a champion, uh, being a champion of new technology um, to serve the member. Uh, and I think that's pretty obvious as well from the outside as it is internally. All right. So, all right, real, real talk here. We're going to ask some hard questions. Um, you have been working with, and the credit has been working with Envo for several years now. In fact, Great River was one of the very first to adopt and deploy video banking in branch. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was um, that was an interesting time because that was kind of when um, we we really weren't sure about about where that technology was going to go, and there was a lot of hesitation. Like, do we drastically change how we're doing, um, you know, basically our entire our entire business model in serving the members, opening up new accounts and loans? Um, mm. Because previously we had, you know, one lender in each location and one. Um, uh, new account specialist, basically, in each location to serve all of our members. Sure. And we were running into troubles. Yeah, very, um, very traditional, where, very traditional, yep, right? Exactly, where one branch, super busy all the time. You couldn't keep up with the members going in. Another branch, you might have, you know, one or two members opening up new accounts here and there um, or asking for a loan. And so in order to efficiently um, serve all those members, we were trying to figure out um, – if this um, direction of going to a centralized model and then using the video banking to deploy that into the branches, um, how, how is our membership going to respond to that? Um, at, sure. at that time and even today, um, we had a generally older membership. And so we were kind of concerned that, well, are they going to think we're just crazy for um, putting them in front of a video <laughs> screen? Um, like what, what is the response going to be and how, how is the team going to get on board with it as well? And so we had all sorts of questions about, you know, is it going to be right for us? Um, and so at that time, uh, me and a couple of my fellow team members, we ended up traveling to different credit unions who 
we're a little bit ahead of us um, in adopting Envo. Um, so, and and we kind of saw how they did it, and it's like all of a sudden light bulb. Like mm. this just makes complete sense. Like this this yeah. solves so many of our problems uh, to be able to better serve members. Now now the challenge is like how how do we get how do we get the members um, to be comfortable with it? And um, yeah. what we found is uh, we ended up. Um, kind of making sure every kiosk, every in-branch kiosk that we set up was exactly the same um, so that when one of our um, team members is working with them, we can tell them, here's where this is, here's where this technology is, this is what it looks like, even though they're not there and they haven't seen maybe that particular um, kiosk. So one, just making sure that the team member's comfortable, but also that um, there were no challenges with trying to find out what's where, like getting the member kind of... um, maybe taken out of sorts of, of what's actually going on. But I think the most important part that made it a success for us was not highlighting the technology, which, you know, it seems kind of odd. We all want to say like, look at this brand new, cool technology. Um, and, and we had to kind of convince our team members to say, you know, don't, don't say, Hey, we're trying this new thing. We're trying something new and different. Just pretend like it's normal. Pretend like what you're doing is completely normal. And, um, you know, if you do that, the member will pick up on that and think, well, they do this all the time. So, and, and what we found yeah. is by doing that and just kind of saying, Hey, don't, don't worry about the technology, just get in there and, you know, talk to this team member, which in a, in a lot of cases, they've already worked with the team members that you put in front of them. Um, so they're already familiar with the people and they just kind of went right into the conversation. And that's kind of what it was all about is just bringing the member to the conversation the, the technology is just there to serve one purpose and the member doesn't need to be that involved in, in that purpose. And so we found that to be yeah. um, very helpful. Yeah, that's great. I don't think I've had anyone explain it to me in that way before. And of course I've been fortunate enough to hear implementation strategies by the dozen across the country, but I like the mindset of, hey, we're not doing anything ridiculously different. We're not going to revolutionize anything. We're just trying to find how this fits into our existing strategy and not disrupt that strategy. And like you said, it's all about finding a way to just engage with the member, which I think is a great mindset. So let's stay there for just a second. The mindset itself. I think that one of the things I am always intrigued by, and I know several that are listening here today might be kind of trying to evaluate this on the front end. I know you talked about being on the, you know, the cutting edge, maybe not the bleeding edge, but there's still quite a few that are considering this as even a potential strategy. So what is it like to go into this and have the perspective of it impacting both the member and their experience, but then also the employee in the culture side of that? How, how did you and the team at Great River take on those challenges and, and then really find a way to have a winning recipe there. I'm really interested in that. Yeah, it's a really good question. And, um, you know, one of the challenges there is, um, I, and just to be frank, some people are not that great on video. And so you, <laughs> you have to have the sure, right team. Yeah. You have to have the right team that, yeah. um, knows how, um, you know, where, where to look, how to maintain that, um, eye contact, how to maintain the conversation, just be, um, good on, on video. We had a lot of team members that, um, that was maybe not their, um, you know, they were, they were maybe more um, accustomed to a phone or just 
what to do. Like one thing was, what do you do with your hands? Like what, what, you know, and so we had to go through all these different things about, and I'm not the expert on any of this. So, I mean, don't use me as an example at all, but um, yeah, we had to have these conversations with the team. And one of the things that was really helpful is just um, during, um, during this time, we had started rolling out more of in branch, um, like uh, video calling for team members. And so we were starting to get more accustomed internally about having video calls versus just picking up the phone or having in-person meetings. So we started to transition yeah. to more of a kind of a video video culture. And I think that kind of helped get people more comfortable with, with that aspect because, um, you know, it did, it did, um, it was a little bit challenging for some people. Um, also the, just with Invo itself, um, the ability to kind of record the conversations, the video conversations and be able to review that with team members and help them and kind of help them review it, say, Hey, this, this looks great, but, um, you know, we noticed you're, you're kind of doing this thing or that thing, and here's some advice for you to improve. Mm -hmm. And so that actually ended up being helpful, not only for us to kind of make sure that conversations were going in the direction that, um, we'd like them to, but also for the team members so they can kind of review themselves and get, get better at it. Um, but you know, it, it definitely was, um, challenging to get, um, you know, the, the, the team on board, probably more so than members. Um, they were a little bit more hesitant to this drastic change, Interesting. um, internally than, than members. Cause the, the members, you just kind of made it a non-issue, um, but convincing the mm -hmm. team to make it a non-issue and something that they are just doing naturally took a little bit more, more time. And again, I'll go back to say, you kind of have to have the right people. And so interviewing the right people in the right fashion and kind of determining yeah. is this somebody that, um, you know, has that video presence, um, that, that makes a pretty big, pretty big difference. Um, but I think internally yeah, I we ended up having a lot of interviews, um, video interviews, and we were able to pick out since we developed an yeah. entirely new team for this. So we were able to mm -hmm. choose from the team and say, Hey, who, who yeah. wants this? And some people really wanted it. Like they really, really wanted to do it. Um, there also is yeah. maybe a little bit of incentive in there that you get the chance, maybe potentially to work from home. <laughs> sure. Since yeah. That's a, that's a good incentive. That. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was kind of our approach there and it, t it took a little time. I think that's good. Let's let's contextualize a little bit about the landscape uh, at the credit union. So, um, some of the insiders that are here may not know the the deployment scale that you guys have. So, why don't you walk out just the the branch foot, footprint, the branch footprint that you guys have, the video office uh, strategy that you've used, and then just what it, what it looks like to walk into a facility and actually engage into a, a video banking experience in a kiosk. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we currently have uh, nine locations and in our physical branch locations, we typically have two video rooms or, or uh, with uh, video kiosks in them. Um, but we also have some locations that are inside uh, grocery stores. And so on those, we may have one or one or two, depending on the capacity of that, um, but that location. And so when a, when a member walks in, um, they'll walk up to um, one of our uh, teller pods. So we've kind of redesigned from going away from the traditional teller line to um, pods to make um, the yeah. just make it more welcoming. And so it's not like it's, hey, we're back here and the members there, but we're all just kind of in this together. And so sure. 
from from there, then we have um, iPads where we can check the member in and kind of get them mm-hmm. tied up with the team member that uh, may best be able to serve them for what they want or what they're coming in for. Um, so that we'll just walk them right into the member um, into the the suite, which we have kind of all prepared. We even went through like, well, if you're going to walk into a suite, how do you want it to look? So we have the the chairs tilted in the right fashion, everything set up um, appropriately. And that's what the, you know, the branch is responsible for uh, just to make sure it's consistent every time and welcoming. Um, And so, and they they sit down there and we actually queue them up in advance. So when they come in and sit down, the team members already there waiting for them instead of them sitting in front of like a blank screen that might be, uh, you know, running uh, advertisements or something like that. Cause we want that direct handoff of, Here's the number from the branch staff to the individual that's going to help them with their needs today. What, and what do you call that role in the lobby, that individual who's engaging the member and kind of queuing them up into the video office? Do you guys have a a title for that position and what what that role is? Uh, We don't have a specific role for that. So the people in the branch, um, their member advisors, um, we did go through a period of time where we had um, a greeter that would do that role for us. But um, after after COVID and, and all that craziness that did uh, a number on our branches, yeah. we kind of changed it up and went back to something a little bit more traditional where the member advisors um, walk the member um, into the kiosks. And so those member advisors, can, the, can they also then be a teller as well with a new concept yes. of the pod so they can come out and greet? Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Correct. I like that. And are you doing that at all locations? Yes. Yep. All locations are set up in the same fashion. Yeah, that's great. I love that strategy. We we like to refer to that as kind of like a warm handoff experience, right? So you're engaging at a human level, gathering some information, capturing that, and then queuing up the right person or resource on the back end for that video office. I think that probably has helped with adoption too. And maybe I'm making a leap and an assumption there, but having the ability to leverage efficiency through your staff, but keep it personal and then being able to take your team wherever they may be working remotely. It sounds like in some capacities, perhaps uh, that, that you're just connecting to the member to the right resource, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It, and it, um, yeah, that, that's worked out pretty good for us and that the warm handoff has definitely been more um, welcoming for members. We did have a few early on where, we, we sat them down first and, you know, they might sit there for a few minutes. Um, we tried to figure out, well, what can we put in front of them on the screen that might be, you know, interesting for them to either videos or maybe we thought, well, should we deploy some games? But what ended up, ha- what ended up happening is everyone just brought out their phones and sat there and they were kind of, you know, <laughs> in their own little world. And so we just kind of started to shift to, well, it's more of a warm handoff instead of um, you can sit and they can sit in the lobby where it's a little bit more comfortable than sitting in this small room uh, enclosed with a screen. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we see all kinds of things and we love to do those audits of, you know, what are what are you using to service your members during that waiting period? We had a couple of our team members out in California with an on-site visit last month and they uh, we had we had no idea somebody was doing this, but they've actually created an interactive quiz in the uh, the holding, I call it the holding pattern, but the, where the marketing and advertising might run until they're brought up in queue. And so it's very high quality graphics and animation and it's a multiple choice quiz and it's interactive so that while the members are waiting they could do that but um you know i think that 
that is a great alternative if you're not doing that concierge handoff to queue that member up. I think that's I think that's great. Are you guys looking at analytics there as far as uh, wait times or queue times and, and things like that within the branch and, and capturing that data and reviewing that data? Is that anything you guys are looking at? Yeah, we, we have been looking at that. And um, so right right now it's it's less than about less than two minutes for that um, wait time between the member getting uh, um, queued up between them sitting there and getting um, into the into the suite. So it's, it's very, very efficient, um, which we've been very happy with. And we have about, I think, across the nine locations, maybe 175-ish calls a month um, through the um, – the in the, through the uh, sweet calls so um yeah that's been mm-hmm. there's been times before we deployed invo where members might sit there for 20 minutes 30 minutes um because there's just nobody available at that branch so it's been a huge change sure yeah i love that you and are you are you looking at the scores i mean are you capturing survey results or feedback scores from the members after those engagements to ensure that satisfaction or any follow through or pull through there yeah, we're reviewing those, and right now we're um, we're at uh, four point. I think it's four point seven out of five stars is what uh, the members are rating us on that. Which nice. of all the different channels that we have, and we send out surveys um, after every interaction. So anytime a member's in a branch um, at the teller um, at the teller pod or um, through email, we send out surveys all the time. And currently, the the the, um, the video banking. Uh, I mean it it's miles above what our other survey results are. So the members are speaking that they, they, they like the interactions. And when we do see some that are maybe a little bit lower, we always dig into them, you know, look at the recorded video, see what may have, what we may have um, been able to do better. And maybe it's a something um, to coach the team, or maybe we can follow up the member to see how we can help them better. Um, but overall they've, they've just been very, very happy with the experience. Yeah, that's great. And I, I love that, first of all, you're, you're measuring and capturing that because that's going to ensure consistency in that experience. But, yeah, you should be proud of those scores. I think that's fantastic, um, without a doubt. Let's take a look back then. So, you know, I think about this landscape as far as an industry goes. When you think about community banks and credit unions servicing, you know, financial needs uh, of customers, it's changed, in my opinion, dramatically in the last five years. And I always used to measure this industry in decades because I would think back to, you know, when an ATM came out and then when it was, you know, intelligent deposit and, and then there was uh, remote deposit capture and then it was online opening of accounts. And I used to measure all these things by decades, but I, I feel like that, that cycle uh, is shrinking. And obviously the world has changed significantly in the last several years, but if in your own personal experience and a look back, you know, what do you think about the last five years? When you, you think about what it was like to, to service the member five years ago and some of the strategies you already shared, but in your opinion, what do you think have been some of the most dramatic things that have changed from a member's experience with the credit union? Um, I think the, the most dramatic thing is that, um, you know, members expect to do business with you how they want to do business with you. Like they, it's they don't they don't just like okay i'm used to it's the bank i gotta walk in and 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 do my business that way um we're we're now Mm. kind of up there um you know competing with all the different mobile apps and how um 
people do just business in general and how they how they utilize um, you know their their mobile devices and just everything else. We're we're just kind of we're competing with all that. And so when when somebody wants to um, do business with a credit union, they ex they expect it to be the same experience as if they were going to go to Amazon and shop for something. So I think the, oh, you know, yeah. the challenge yeah. there is that you have to, um, you know, adopt a lot of different strategies in order to uh, compete with industries that aren't even direct competitors of credit unions. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest challenge. And it, it doesn't um, extend across just well, a single challenge, uh, a single challenge um, channel, um, such as the mobile app. But even when you're doing, um, you know, some some people just prefer to call. Yeah, you have to have that experience. That has to be yep. top notch as well. Um, some people want to have um, chat interactions, text. You ha you have to keep up with all the different channels that people are expecting to be able to do business with you. And so, you know, I think that's one of the, um, you know, the the biggest changes over the past um, five years is that trying to keep up with how people do business not even the specific things that you're deploying or even what makes a credit union a credit union it's just you know how do you keep up with the needs of um, individuals today yeah what, what do you think has surprised you the most um i think the the adoption of text <laughs> like texting <laughs> uh, texting has just, I mean, I, I think back, uh, it, you know, when I started texting and you had to pay for each text message you sent, but now people, that's like their primary way of communicating and they want to do business with you over text messaging. And so, you know, I think it's gone a few years ago, I might've said, well, the adoption of, uh, mobile banking and mobile apps, but, uh, more recently, yeah. just the amount of, of, um, reliance on, uh, people to just want to do business over text is, um, that's been, that's been surprising to me. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, it's funny you say that. And, and I would even say, I probably agree with that analysis. And, um, we, of course we launched text last year as a new platform at Invo and it was by honestly demand because we were looking at what, what our clients were doing or what they were looking at. And you're, you were a voice in the room for that as well. Uh, and I was a little surprised that that was one of I think I read an article in the American Banker that it was over 90% of financial institutions under 3 billion were text was in the top three of, of, of things they were looking at. Of course, core is always in there, but digital yeah. banking. And then it's feels like it's something like video banking or ITMs, or, but text really kind of came out of left field for me. But, you know, if I sit down, this is going to be very uh, revealing. But if I sit down and looked at how many marketing texts I probably get today, it's, it's probably shocking at this point. Now I just almost ignore them. I'll just see it or I guess I could tell them to stop, to opt out. But um, this weekend I was ordering something from a new online retailer and the first thing they asked me was to put my phone number in to receive text messages. Like before I even set my account up, before I even checked out and did business with them, a pop-up came up and asked for that. And then they gave me a coupon, right, for doing that. That's how they incentivize you. But I think text has permeated uh, every every single I think customer of credit unions or Amazon to your point or other retailers as well. Um, yeah, do you think that's going to continue, or do you think that behavior is going to change? And this is obviously a little uh, just guessing; it's an opinion. But 
Yeah, I mean, I think it'll continue for now, but it always makes me wonder what's next because for a while that the same thing that text was doing emails, like you'd, you'd sign up, you get email marketing, but now everyone's email inboxes, all they're, they're just full of, of spam now. And so email's been starting to yeah. take over by, um, you know, um, everyone wants wanted to send email marketing. And so now it's hard to keep up with. So I'm kind of wondering like, well, when is, when is text going to get so overused? What's next? What's next? How's the, what's the next communication method going to be? And, and so I don't know, I don't know what, it, I don't I have no idea what to think of that, but, um, it just like anything, um, yeah, nothing in technology, um, sticks around forever. So <laughs> text will have its yeah. day someday, but I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. I saw a statistic earlier and Ryan will have to hold me accountable to this in the room, but I, I believe it was 98% of texts are open within three minutes and 90% of emails are open within 24 hours. Well, I think that says all we need to know about, you know, how you want to exactly. reach your customer. And, and today it's changed significantly. So stay there for a second with me and technology in general. And one of the pushbacks, I don't know if a pushback is the right word, but word, but anytime I'm engaged in conversations or if I'm at a convention and I'm talking about technology and I'm talking about our, even if Invo tools or maybe not even Invo tools, but just different digital platforms in general. Um, I get, a, I get this question asked quite a bit in it, and that's the role that it plays in, in the member experience and how can you leverage technology and solutions to bring the member closer uh, or maybe to bridge that gap, right? How, how do you think we continue to make sure that, that technology plays a positive role in that? And then my follow-up question to that be is, how are you doing those things at Great River or having a focus to make sure you're doing those things at Great River to bring the member closer instead of pushing them away with technology? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've had conversations about this and, and a lot of times uh, when we're discussing with different team members, it's like, well, we don't want... You know, we don't want too much too much technology where we're not, um, you know, keeping the direct member um, relationship in mind. Like we want to be able to still work with our members, and so I think the biggest the biggest um, thing with that is making sure that while when we're implementing technology, the goal shouldn't be the technology. It it should be the 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 avenue to um, bring you closer to the member with without having to spend so much time trying to get there. And so a lot of times our team members are, uh, you know, they're using our current systems to help a member accomplish a goal. Well, we want to implement technologies so that they're not spending as much time trying to just do that work, but they're actually able to be either face-to-face, -face, either over text or whatever method that um, they want to communicate with the members, that they're available to do that and not that their time's not being spent um, just doing other things that are not helping that member or better understanding that member's story. And so, um, you know, it comes to choosing technologies, that's a, a you know, primary um, goal of us. So for, for instance, recently we deployed um, ITMs with, with video banking on our ITMs. And that was yeah. the goal there too, is that when we deploy an ITM into a location, we want that technology to be there so that when a member needs assistance, they can, tap a button on that and have a video conversation with one of our team members um, right, right away, wherever, um, wherever they are. And well, quite frankly, wherever our team member is. So we're using that technology to bring them together faster. And I think that needs to be the primary goal when we're choosing different technologies. And it can be challenging sometimes because 
Um, there's I, implementing technologies is never uh, or very rarely an easy thing to do. There's always a lot of hurdles, especially <laughs> especially at you know institutions our size. We're not you know a couple billion dollar uh, credit union, so uh, we have to think about our, our resources available to do that. And so there's there's a lot of discussions when we're choosing new technologies and how what our who our partners are and how can they help us get there and and um, you know a lot of that is around well you know we're, we're we have a smaller team so we're going to need a little bit more more help and so we want partners mm -hmm. that are you know helping us get there yeah no that's great let's stay right there for a second so itms you know, it's uh, if, if my statistics are, are still true today, over 90% of our clients uh, that are using some form or fashion of Invo tools are also utilizing ITMs on the retail side of their strategy. So what was that like to identify an ITM partner to deploy ITMs and then expand on the strategy a little bit? And when I say strategy, are we talking about you're replacing pneumatic tubes in the drive? Are you doing offsite? Are you doing in the lobby? Kind of unpack the the strategy that you that you started to to go down the road at Great River. Yeah, when it when it came down to uh, choosing our our technology um, partner um, initially for ITMs, there well for one, there's not a lot out there. There's not a lot to choose from. You're kind of you're funneled down a few <laughs> yeah. different paths. You don't you know as as that's true um, financial institutions. We just don't have very many choices, and so you know a big key in that in that partnership was determining well who's going to work with the best with our existing technology stack. Like when mm. we had to consider, well, our core processor, who's willing to work with us to integrate with the core processor. And so um, yep. we had to ask a lot of those questions because we don't want to revamp our entire technology stack in order to bring on one new partner. Sure. And, and I think that's always a challenge. And, and, and typically one of the bigger challenges is trying to figure out, well, who, who partners with us best from that aspect. Uh, once we got over that um, hurdle, which was probably the, the longest hurdle um, uh, to, to figure out, um, you know, we had to we had to figure out, well, how do we um, then get our, our members to adopt this? And this was obviously something we did after implementing Envo. And we're like, well, luckily, we've kind of done this before and, and, and only yeah. in a slightly different fashion. And so, again, um, you know, we decided not to not to make it a. Um, you know, not to highlight it, just kind of here's here's ITMs. We're going to walk walk a member over to it and start showing them here. You could do all this on here, and if you need help, you hit that button, and that's it. That's the only thing you got to worry about doing. Um, yeah, it's good. And so that um, you know, I think we, we still had a couple of of you know additional challenges with with ITMs just because they are. Um, they're just not as quite of a flexible technology as some of the others we've worked with. ATMs have been around a long time. And so there's a lot of hurdles you have to work yep. around in just the architecture mm. of um, ITMs. But, you know, once we got through some of the technical aspects, um, things have been working really, really well now. And, you know, we did. So at the same time we deployed the ITMs, uh, we were in the process of building our first new branch that we built in, I don't know how many years. It's, okay. it's been a long time. And in that branch, we chose okay. to go without um, a pneumatic tube system. So, okay. so to your point, um, we wanted to give that a try. And um, I think one of the things we kind of learned there is uh, that really needs to come after you've had ITMs integrated with your core processing system because you're just not at that quite that same that level ready to completely replace everything that a tube system can do. 
um, until you have your ITMs fully, you know, fully decked out with everything they can do to help the member. So we're currently in process of that, but we, we kind of took a little step ahead um, by giving it a try and, and, and kind of learn that, you know, a little bit the hard way that, well, if we're going to replace all of this, we need to have, we need to have all of our ducks in a row. And so, um, mm. it, it was a, it was a very, uh, you know, interesting experience. And again, with any new technology, you kind of, sometimes you have to take a, take a little bit of a, um, a chance on how things are going to go. Um, and, um, yeah. but you know, in the end it, it still turned out to be really good. We've had a lot of members at that location just really, thrilled with the fact that I can do all this from this one device. Um, they're just, it's fun sure. to see those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. How long ago did you deploy? Uh, we, we just, uh, we launched, uh, the ITMs last year, um, uh, early last year. So we're still pretty, okay. pretty new in the process of, of those. Yeah. And we expect to have the integration done sometime this year. That's fantastic. And are we are we talking just the one location, the new location currently, or have you have you deployed that strategy at other locations or are off premise as well? Uh, we've we've deployed it to um, um, let's see here, like four, I think about four different locations um, currently, okay. uh, five five different locations, um, and mostly in uh, when we did a few different um, remodels and we built. Uh, three new branches between 2020 and 2022 we were starting to deploy them in the in the new branch locations so a lot of them are in the yeah. um, like the in-store grocery stores which is a perfect place for something like an ITM because you can do uh, you can yeah. service members in a lot of different ways with that one device in a in a small confined location yeah, that's great. I wanted to come back to that. So thank you for kind of transitioning us back to that topic. Um, and, and you and I haven't even talked that much about this, but the, the grocery store concept is a concept that we've got a number of clients as, as well as what I hope are future clients that we're talking with currently that have similar strategies in retail stores like, like a Walmart or another retail store, even in a mall. We have some clients that are on, on campus, so on university campuses or in facilities that have 24-hour day staffing, like a hospital scenario, or even uh, manufacturing facilities, right, that they service with large deposit volumes. And they're looking at creating these almost like the micro of a micro branch, right? <laughs> and so what, is that, what does that actually look like? We can't take everybody there in person in this, in this moment in time on the podcast, but uh, what is what does that look like? What how did you define what that concept would be for Great River? How do you staff it? What is the experience like for the members when they come in that facility? Kind of just take us on a tour of of one of your locations. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the experience is very similar to uh, one of our one of our branches. We tried to make all the experiences very similar. Only obviously the in store location is just compact, so you have one pod and you have maybe one or two employees. Um, but you know, the choice of, of the technologies is kind of what helped us be able to create such a compact location. Um, for example, at the same yeah. time we implemented, um, that we were doing this, we started implementing TCRs. So, um, yep. and the specific TCRs that we started implementing, um, had different auditing features where you could, you could run that location if you needed to with one, one, uh, member advisor or one teller. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we, we chose the technologies around um, these these smaller locations because um, they really helped you operate 
um, extremely efficiency with very few very few people and so same with the um, you know the ITMs in one of them for example if you um, walk into one of our locations the it's not it's not installed yet but the ITM will be just to the right of the entrance to the the um, location so you can either go in and take a few steps further and go to the teller line or to the right there'll be an ITM there that'll be able to do um, pretty much everything that those uh, tellers will be able to do but the experience itself is very similar to walking into one of our branches where um, a member advisor will greet you and depending on what you need they may um, sign you in on an iPad to um, the the suite and walk you over there and do a warm handoff um, or um, you know they also if in one of them we did implement um, the ITM and so we've had the member advisors there um, kind of introduced members there saying hey when we're not open you can this this ITM is available 24 7 you can walk they walk them over there and show them how to use it to get the uh, members accustomed to using the technologies that we've implemented yeah that's great that's great I think I'm going to meet, need to plan a road trip to come up and, and see this. Uh, I'm excited about it. We do. We get asked these questions all the time, just about strategies and how that works. And um, I love the fact that you've been willing to share some of the feedback from the members. You know, we, you gave that with your the highest rated channel, you know, 4.7 out of 5 stars, which I think is tremendous. We'll celebrate that with you. Um, however, I love the outliers. So do you can you think of any stories or examples of what great or excellent looks like there and then also what does a disaster look like when it comes to in video banking or even trying to get someone to utilize the tech and then they'd rather set it on fire i'm, I'm curious what are some of those outlier experiences if you're willing to share yeah let me think here a moment um you know typically uh you know, if they're if if people aren't that comfortable with it, we did have at least early on a few scenarios where they just they they flat out resisted. They said, "No, I'm not doing it." And so we had the branch manager just sit down and work with them and say, "Okay, well, you know, we're not going to you know, we'll 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 deal with this another day." Obviously, they didn't want to have anything to do with it, but we still wanted to help them. Um, but you yeah, know, in some in some situations like the the technology is like. I mean, it's there's a lot of things going on. Sometimes it just it just breaks. And so, one of the one of the things we have um, uh, implemented with it is there's a um, there's a button that pops up that says you know need assistance, and they can tap that um, you know just about at any time, and it'll send an alert to the iPad because one of the challenges with having the technology in these suites and nobody else around is that if if an issue occurs, who's going to know about it? Um, and so, you know, the, the sure, agent yeah. may have put the, the member on hold and something may have occurred. And so there they can hit need assistance to um, kind of alert someone in the branch to come help them out. Or if they just need a, a water or a pop or something like that as well. But, um, you know, kind of back to your um, original question, we haven't had a lot of people that have just been like that um, ticked off about the tech itself. Uh, usually when people are upset, it's it's for other reasons. Um, it's, you know, they're they're dealing with... Um, you know, very personal situations in their in their life and they're trying to deal with their finances. And so we find a lot of the times yeah. the, the bad reviews have little to do with the technology itself and more to do with just we maybe we're not able to provide the service to that member that um, we would have liked to. 
And so, um, you know, maybe yeah. that's not quite exactly what, um, you know, you're asking as far as, I don't think I've seen anyone say, like, take the signature pad and throw it against the screen or something like that and bolt out the door. <laughs> uh, we have had people get up and leave, though. Um, that's definitely been the one. But I don't think they're leaving us a rating when they're just getting up and, and leaving. But again, um, it's very rarely about the technology. Well, I, I feel like I should knock on wood after you just verbalize that into existence about throwing a SIG pad. Those are these are not cheap either. <laughs> no. Yeah, they'll break the screen too, just like shatter the whole works. Oh, no, no, no. Don't you speak that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Oh, my goodness. I was going back to your statement earlier about what do I do with my hands, right? It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, my head's been in that space the whole time. Oh, you know what this made me think of, though, I'll try to I'll try to reel us back in a little bit is okay. you and I were having some dialogue, uh, you know, outside of this kind of getting ready for today. And um, you made a statement that I want to have you expand on. It was that uh, having fun is OK and don't be afraid to occasionally break something. Now, I need you to explain that and to share a little bit more contextually as to what that means in Derek Rudolph's world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, on my team, like one of the things with technology is a lot of people are too, uh, you know, it, it can sometimes be intimidating and you don't want to hit the wrong button or do the wrong thing because you don't know the result that it's going to have. Well, you know, when it, right. when it comes down to it, at least in my, my experience, sometimes you got to hit, hit that button and wonder what, what it was it going to do. Um, now that, that's maybe not always the, the, the best approach when it comes to, uh, technology, especially when dealing with, um, you know, financial services. But when we're in the aspect of implementing new technologies and testing things, um, we very much encourage um, our team to just tr try something new with it. Try something different. Um, don't be afraid if the thing that you're going to do causes it to break because it's we learn so much more by trying something and it breaking in us fixing it than just not trying that thing at all. And so, um, yeah. you know, we very much encourage the team to just, hey, pr press, press, that, press that button, um, you know, give, give, that a, give that change a try. Um, obviously, you know, again, you know, kind of go back to, well, you know, we have certain, certain circumstances where that's maybe not a possible thing to do, but especially when it mm -hmm. comes to doing something, a, a new technology and in that implementation phase, like you have to not be afraid to um to break it to break it <laughs> yeah and sometimes the breaking it is the fun part in and of itself right it is it very much is uh well it can also be the frustrating part but uh it, it can be fun in the process <laughs> mm -hmm. but you do yeah. have to be the one yeah. that fixes that's it and so that's sometimes <laughs> the challenge is you have to be able to trust uh you know trust yourself that hey you know, if I if I um, break this thing, I'll be able to fix it. And I think once we get our team like past that past that point, and they understand, okay, well, I've had a lot of wins here, and sometimes when I do when I do this change or do a change and something breaks, at least I'm confident in myself to be able to fix it and move on. And I'm not not a, not afraid of it anymore. And I think getting past that point of mm. fear is, you know, it can, it can be a challenge for a lot of people, but it's very rewarding. Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah, and, th and th that's a calculated risk. I mean, that's what I hear you saying, in that some of the best rewards come out of those calculated risks of trying something new, but not being afraid to fail. But I think that's that also 
speaks to the environment of Great River Federal Credit Union is that that's an attitude that's been fostered and that you and the leadership team support is trying things, you know, with the, the true north, of course, being the member experience, right, and providing the services that you exist to provide, but not being afraid to, and I'll quote our, um, our director, one of our directors here on staff, he said, failing forward is always a good thing. And I love that. I mean, if you're trying something new, you, you're going to fail eventually. But as long as you learn something and move forward, if, if it wasn't what you intended, you've still got to win, right? That's still a win. Absolutely. I think so. All right. So if that's the environment at Great River, that roots to one of the questions that, that I've kind of just wanted to ask and I'll go ahead and ask it now. But what, what about Great River would you say is special? When you think about the, the marketplace in which you operate in almost all of our communities, to be fair, have a lot of financial services options, whether they're national organizations, community banks, community credit unions, digital only. What, what about Great River is special, you think, in your opinion? Well, um, I mean, that's, yeah, it, you're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot of different financial institutions out there and a lot of them are trying to do, um, you know, what, what we've been trying to do, especially with being technology forward and, and everything. And, um, you know, it really comes down to, uh, the, the, the people and their, um, their, their willingness and, and passion to innovate. Uh, I think that's one thing that we've, um, especially, um, you know, in the past few years that we've done. Uh, extremely well, and we have the team that wants to innovate. Uh, we don't have people that are, you know, just kind of wanting to do. Well, this is this is this is my job. You have passionate people that want to innovate everything that they're they're touching, and that that's what I see is special about at least the team at, at Great River, um, and and something that you know, if I look at other organizations, you don't always you don't always see everyone that's kind of meeting on that same level that they all want to do that exact same thing. They all want to innovate and provide the best for our members that we possibly can. Um, usually, usually there's, there's, there's somebody on the team or, or maybe a group of people that are maybe not so much keen on, on doing that, but everyone at Great River just wants to, um, yeah, put everything forward to innovating. Uh, I think that's great. So when you think about innovation, We've talked, talked a little bit about, you know, Texas, the new hotness right now, or at least it seems that way. Uh, what is your, uh, what does your crystal ball tell you is next? If you were to say, you know, this is the thing you see emerging or you see some new technology and maybe it's not in our industry per se, but you see it starting to permeate retail or commercial sectors, which I think are usually who we fast follow in the financial space. What are you seeing out there that you think might, might potentially be coming next uh, to, to the financial space from a technology standpoint? Well, I think, and, and it's already been, um, there's been a lot of solutions out there for this already, but, uh, just, um, AI and chat in, in general, um, you know, you think about Microsoft recently with chat GBT, I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that's going to change the industry when it comes to, um, automation and uh, artificial intelligence and it continues to grow and some of it that I've looked at it's like well this isn't really that ad that advanced but it's advancing rapidly um, and and changing how we do um, you know how we how we do business and you know I think I think ultimately it's going to be for the for the better especially for the member experience because it's going to um, provide the team with a lot more tools to um, 
service the, the members quicker, but it's, it's going to be challenging figuring out how do you um, adopt it uh, effectively um, and securely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm amazed by Chat GPT, and uh, I was I overheard a story. This is a complete tangent, but I'm gonna, I'm going to go down the road anyway. I was I was in an AT and T store last week, uh, replacing a very old iPad, and I was sitting there talking to the representative, uh, and just getting super high class service. It was great, but those tables are really close in there, probably too close, so I could hear this conversation going on next to me with a, uh, a family that was there that was a generation my senior, and they had just fallen into ChatGBT. And the representative that was servicing them who works for AT&T went on to tell a story about how he'd used ChatGPT to, to write his last four papers for college. Um, and he, he said it very boastfully, and, and I was pretty impressed. Uh, and he also shared the grades that he got, which were very good grades as well. So it's interesting to see how that's going to come in, but it does it does reveal the power that we're harnessing within that, right? Absolutely, yeah. It, it's going to be very interesting. I've, you know, so far the few the the times I've used it, I've just been blown away by oh, well, that I can ask one simple question and get basically entire synopsis of what's going on in this particular um, space. And I think it's going to yeah, just that that type of technology is going to. Uh, change so many things about how you know how we how we work and like you mentioned uh, um, papers which I guess it's the same as as if you're writing a paper and you're just googling it and copying and pasting <laughs> yes yes yeah tools that were not around when either one of us were in school right <laughs> oh yeah so what what's next for great river and i'm not asking you to share anything that's confidential or proprietary but what what are you looking at next when it comes to either software um, you know innovation or even and it may or may not be that next thing with envo that you're doing outside of that uh, just in general within the credit union what is next on the horizon for you when it comes to innovation or servicing the member yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're, we're working on a few different things. Um, you know, you know, enhancing our chat is definitely on the on the list of things to do, and just our our contact center in general, and how we how we um, work with our members and help them. Um, also, just generally um, looking at our uh, you know our our the 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 data that we're using to help manage our member relationships. So. Um, getting mm. getting more down the path of building um, the data warehouse that we need to get all of our analytics together and really help determine how can we help each individual member and when we do have uh, you know an interaction with a member that we we actually have a little a little bit more about their story so that it helps the team member get information quickly and, and understand what those that member's needs are um, more more readily so those are some of the things that are kind of more immediately on our on our agenda but it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, few years here especially with all the new technologies that continually come out and having to pivot um, one of the things that we've had to do so many times at great river is is pivot what we're doing um, you know COVID happens we have to pivot 
now um, you know we're having uh, issues with trying to get deposits in, so we're having to pivot and make changes there. There's just there's always challenges, and so it's really hard to determine exactly what we're going to have to be focused on. When at least in these past few years, the the the, the changes in the industry are happening more rapidly than ever. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what challenges come up that we're not even thinking of right now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're getting really close to wrapping this up, which is probably hard to believe. But uh, one of the things that I always like to do before we close is give you an opportunity to share is there anything that we haven't dug into today, stories from within the credit union or advice that you would like to provide to anyone that's here today? Um, I'd like to give you the platform to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking of, you know, what, what is what is a financial institution? And um, we've talked about this internally at Great River uh, quite a few times, but we've started to shift our minds um, that, well, you know, is a credit union, um, you know, is it is it something that all you do is offer financial services or really is a credit union actually a technology company that offers financial services? Mm. Because with the amount of technology that we're implementing and how much it weighs on everything we do, where do we spend more of our, um, uh, you know, you know, strategic dollars and just more of our innovation and I mean, a loan is a loan. And so we, and, you know, deposits and CDs, like all the services that we provide, they haven't changed in a long time. Yep. But what has changing about yeah. them is how we actually get those services to our members. And the driving factor in that is the, the technologies that we use. And so um, it's just something that we've kind of thought of internally and, and really kind of um, encompasses, I think, what, what a financial institution is really becoming to be. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, and I love that perspective. And I think you're right. It kind of flips the script on how we approach being a partner you know, with the financial services for our, for our members. Um, and I and I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's fantastic. Derek, if you're willing, I would like to extend the opportunity for everyone who's watching and listening to come and visit Great River Federal Credit Union so they can see all the things that you're doing. Um, and so I think you guys would be willing to entertain that. Um, okay, a great place for you guys to connect with Derek also would be on LinkedIn. So Derek is active on LinkedIn. Uh, go give him a connection. Invite also follow Great River Federal Credit Union on there as well. Doing great things. Um, Derek, I can't thank you enough for your time, your insights and expertise that you've shared. I know it's been good for me. I know it's been fantastic for the insiders that have joined us today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. Everybody, we hope you have a fantastic day. Derek, we'll talk to you soon. Welcome back, and uh, what an awesome conversation uh, with Derek. It's always good to hear um, from people in the industry. Jay, just a wonderful job of articulating another interview. Just bravo. Oh, I, nothing to do with me. <laughs> all, I was all Derek. No, yeah, I agree. It was all Derek, 100%. Uh, anyway, uh, I just wanted to maybe highlight a few things that kind of stood out to me throughout, the, throughout that interview. And I think the first thing that immediately stood out to me was he talked about making the tech normal. And we think that's something that we strive to do at Invo. 
as well. Uh, but I think what he said exactly was pretend like it's normal. And I think it makes it really less daunting. That's kind of what came to my mind. And I think even head coaches in sports, obviously they try to have a calm demeanor because if they stay calm, everyone stays calm. Uh, so with, with tech, it isn't daunting, right? That's the entire point. That's why we're deploying tech is because it's going to make the life of our customers and our members easier. So if it's not daunting, let's act like it's normal. Let's, let's act like it's something that's not hard to use. Uh, I really loved uh, that aspect specifically. Yeah, that's good. And I think that that helps to set the tone for how the, the members are going to honestly feel about any change emotionally. And I think as a human, we don't like change in general, um, unless it's somehow positively impacting us. But even still, um, sometimes we got to be forced to try something new. And the more that you are able to set a tone for an experience as if it's always been done this way, even if it hasn't, there's something about that emotional level of being able to experience something as being viewed as a norm that's going to help, I think, with that adoption out of the gate. I've never had it explained to me the way that Derek did, but um, I think it's great. I think that's why they've been so successful with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it was kind of hidden in plain sight to an extent. Like what he said, was just, it was it was profound, but it was like, well, that's always been true, right? It's it's tech. It's supposed to make our lives easier. So it's if it's not daunting, let's not act like it is. But I also like just even building on that a little bit, just further about how he uh, kind of talked about serving his members. And he said something along the lines of, uh, members expect to do business the way that they want to do business. Um, and that really puts the ball in our court, I think, to an extent, um, even at Invo, but also in the court of financial institutions to obviously to, to, to create a better experience for their customers, for their members. And of course, I'm, I'm a marketing guy. I'm thinking more in terms of the user experience. I think of making it prettier, making it something that people want to use. So he, I think he mentioned their app and the kind of the apps that, that people compete with. And it made me think like, why, why can't community banks and community credit unions have beautiful apps? Why can't they have apps that flow seamlessly that are incredibly easy to use? And I think it just requires us to maybe push ourselves a little bit uh, to kind of push the envelope to, which I think he actually did, did a great job. The great rivers did a great job of is looking for ways to innovate, looking for ways that their members are, or maybe pain points for their members that they can, that they can fix through that tech, through stuff like that. So I loved him when he kind of just bringing up that member service side, the member experience side. I thought that was great. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about this in some form or fashion, I feel like frequently, and that's that, you know, in this space, in the financial space, we tend to be fast followers behind what's going on in the retail sectors of the world and the commercial sectors of the world. And, and I think that's okay, right? Because we we're providing or we're enabling a service that's being provided that's been around for, you know, over a century uh, for a really long time. But there's a lot of willingness to step outside the comfort zone of launching new ways to service customers through digital and even physical, for that matter, when you think about store layouts changing or the way an app experience is and where, where do things go digitally, whether that's online or in the mobile app. And I think being aware of where good is and what great can look like is important in you know, what I heard Derek say is that they're, they're not afraid to try um, and even be afraid to fail. Um, and, and have a good time doing it because you can still fail and learn something and then, and then find a way to course correct and, and then go down a new path. I think, that's a, I think that's a good way to define success. Yeah, and I think too with, with our members, with our customers, I think that fear of failure can keep us from pushing into areas that we need to push into. Mm -hmm. But also I just think we often don't recognize that our, our customers, the people that we're serving, will recognize in good faith that we are trying to best serve sure, them. Yeah. So whenever things fail, whenever things don't go as planned, yeah. when it's for their benefit, when they know 
that we are acting out of uh, concern for them to make their lives easier. Whenever it doesn't go as planned, I think that they will recognize, hey, they're, they're trying to help us. They're trying to make our lives easier. I don't think they're going to hold that against us. So. Shocking that we're human, too. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, we almost want to act like we're not. But uh, I, also, I also really loved how he was talking about finding what's next before it even gets to that point. So I think, we, I think it came up when, we got, when you guys were discussing text. He talked about how it used to be emails, or he mentioned it used to be emails that were, we were all trying to distribute. Now it's text. And he was kind of hinting at, well, what's the next thing that it's going to be? And I think, honestly, from, from my perspective at, on that part, that put the ball in our court at Envo uh, and even just vendors uh, pushing us to find that pain point before it even presents itself. So for our banks and credit unions that we're serving, we need to be pushing ourselves to be looking for those next things, those next pain points that are going to present themselves so that whenever they do, we can fix them before they become a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it's where, and, and he used this, I'll paraphrase, but it's where and how does the, does the customer want to interact? And it's, that is changing. It used to be, okay, well, we were going to walk into a lobby only. Then it was, we're going to want to drive up in our car at a pneumatic tube outside only. Then it was, well, I can't even get across town, so why don't you put an ATM in a parking lot close to where I shop? Then it was on a website because everybody's on the internet. And then it was on a mobile device because that's the bank that literally goes everywhere with me in my pocket all the time. And now all those things are established. It's about, well, if I'm online and I don't want to actually have to find something or I'm having trouble, then a chatbot can help to service that channel. Um, and yeah, I mean, marketing, advertising, communicating, sending emails, traditional, right? But I think we shared some statistics in there that 98% of text messages get opened um, within three minutes versus emails, uh, 90% plus get open within 24 hours or greater. Um, I mean, that's a pretty definitive statement. And I think that being able to identify what's working and being able to identify strategies within those things are, are what separates those that are finding success and then not just leaning into that or not, not selling, but leaning into that and then pushing forward is why they're doing things like text when a lot of people still aren't. Yeah. Yeah. And that really is, that's what it's all about is finding what the customer, what the member needs from us at whatever given context, whatever given moment in time. Because again, I think you've even just like the, the way that trends work and things that maybe we thought were, were dead that I'm thinking of maybe mom jeans. That's a really good example. They kind of came back, right? <laughs> they, we thought those were, were dead and gone. And all of a sudden it's like this big thing and everyone wants to wear mom jeans again. Uh, so I think I'm not wearing mom jeans. I don't know what <laughs> oh, you're talking I about. I, I but think, I mean, we can't, we can't see, but, but no, but trends, <laughs> obviously true. we think that they go away, but they, they sometimes come back. And I think that even when we move into the digital space, it, whenever our, our customers and our members, they still want to see a human face. And we might see that, that sort of come back around where they want the ability to have digital solutions, digital, digital tools at their, at their disposal. But there is a time where they'll want to see a human face. They'll want to have that interaction. So we just got to be flexible, right? We just have to be able to meet them where they are, be able to help them uh, wherever they're, they're, they have pain points and just be able to give them accessibility. I think that's the biggest thing. However they want accessibility, just give them accessibility, right? Uh, well, I, overall, I thought it was a great conversation. Uh, Jake, I do have one question for you, though. Uh, what is the bottom line you got from this conversation? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line for me today after talking with Derek is there really is the opportunity to utilize technology to bring the customer closer and not to drive a wedge. Um, and, you know, it comes down in my estimation of how are you defining success in that? What is important to you as a financial institution servicing these customers and members 
Um, I think about what he talked about with um, key having key measurements for success, right? The strategic vision, the strategic plan, having both internal and external buy-in. I mean, he used the example of text, right? That was deployed for convenience. ITMs for efficiency as well as reach to where the members are at. Um, and, you know, one thing that kept resonating with me is that you can leverage tools to achieve your strategic vision and don't let that strategic vision be dictated by the tools that are available to you. And that is, those are very different things. And I think that if you've got a true north established of becoming a different financial institution in a very competitive landscape, you are able to bring your customers closer through tools and technologies that can strengthen the relationship, that can drive better loyalty to your customers, um, and help them to forget about other, all the other options that are out there and help them to open their eyes to how they're doing banking better with you because you've listened and you've listened to them and you've identified ways that they want to communicate and bank with you. And then you've really started to focus and build strategies around how to deploy and deliver those things. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I think that's all the time that we have for the podcast today. Bet you didn't think you were going to talk about mom jeans today, did you? Um, I was really confident that wasn't going to happen. But, you know, when I'm doing anything with you, Ryan, I know one thing is sure. Anything is possible. I go in and change the pace every once in a while. And I just speak facts on these things, you know. I, I just I remember. Facts just, according <laughs> to the world of Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hang out with my mom sometimes and she'll she'll tell me she's like hey, that's stuff that I wore 20 years ago and you know that's just how it works it is you that's know what else you know what else works getting you a new chair because that <laughs> squeaky chair squeaky. is going into the dumpster <laughs> after this podcast is over yeah mark my words we'll have new chairs um in April that's for sure yeah. okay insiders you're gonna need to hold them to that because I really really need another chair I really <laughs> want one but no make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts sign up for the next Invo Insider event which is taking place on April 5th um, and then go ahead and register at InvoSolutions.com slash Insider. We'd love to see you there. You can also watch the March Insider uh, episode by visiting the link that's in the description. Um, so I think that's all we have for this month, though. So, Jake, if you uh, if you don't have anything, uh, Viva La Invo, right? Can I mean this? Viva La Invo. I don't have a cup, but Viva La Invo.